0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The ability to screen people for lung cancer has been available for about 10 years, and now we have results of a large study showing how well it works. With me in the studio to discuss these findings is, is Dr. Leslie Coleman. She's a Distinguished Service Professor of Surgery at the Upstate Cancer Center with lots of experience in the diagnosis and treatment and research of lung cancer. Thank you for being here, Dr. Komen. Thanks, Amber. Well, I want to get right to the news, um, the results of this lung cancer screening trial from Belgium that were shared during the recent World Conference on Lung Cancer. Please tell us about it.
1: This was very exciting for the lung cancer community because it affirms the results that were found in the United States National Lung Screening Trial published in 2013 that low-dose CT scans in high-risk smokers and ex-smokers saves lives from lung cancer. One study, though, doesn't convince everybody. So the lung cancer world has been waiting anxiously for the results of the Dutch-Belgian trial called the NELSON trial, which was a screening study very similar to the National Lung Screening Trial and came out with not only similar but actually even better results than the National Lung Screening Trial. In the Nelson trial, which had 50,000 participants just like the other one, they found that the death rate from lung cancer was reduced by 26% in men versus the 20% that was found in the prior trial. For women, it's even greater. It's hard to quantify because in the Nelson trial, there were very few women participants, but it affirms a trend also shown in the National Lung Screening Trial that women at risk have even a greater benefit than men for lung cancer screening. This is based on a very interesting fact that lung cancer in women probably is there for about six years before it can show up on a scan versus about only four years for men. And we don't know the exact biology of this, but we know that there are distinct differences in the biology of lung cancer in women versus men, and many more women non-smokers get lung cancer than men non-smokers. So they could potentially have it growing in them longer which makes it more susceptible to discovery by screening for a cure. The Nelson trial also affirmed that of lung cancers discovered in a screening program, 80% of them, eight out of 10 of them are early stage, most of which are cured by surgery. This is amazing because there's definitely a reduction in advanced stage lung cancer and an increase in the percent of the discovered cancers that are early in the general population that comes to attention accidentally or by symptoms only about 15% of them are curable in an early stage by surgery because most of them present in a later much stage much later so
0: help me with the math again in interpreting this. When you say decreased mortality by 26%, if we're just talking numbers of patients, 10 patients, there's a quarter of them that no, will survive? What it means
1: of, of say, of 100 patients who were discovered during screening to have lung cancer versus 100 patients who didn't have the screening and were were discovered to have lung cancer. In the non-screened patients, if 100 patients died of lung cancer, only about 75 would die of lung cancer in the, in the group screened, screened. page. This is a huge number of people since tens of thousands, 70,000 people will die of lung cancer, so this is going to save tens of thousands of lives. Provided they get the screening. Provided they get the screening and continue to get the screening. Because the other interesting fact is the more times you return every year or at the prescribed interval, the bigger your advantage becomes. And the Nelson trial had intervals that were different from the United States trial. We screened the patients once a year for three years. The Nelson trial did the first repeat screen after one year from the first one, the second one was after two more years, and the third one was after two and a half more years. So we may not even need to do it once a year. And this will vary both by the sex of the patient and as we learn more and more about the biology and what the radiology findings are. The other thing we're learning now is that artificial intelligence and computer-aided diagnostics will play an extremely large part in interpreting the results of these scans. A CT scan, a single slice of the scan, one image is a two-dimensional image. We can piece them back together to make a three-dimensional image. And it turns out that volume of the small spot and its growth is much more important than the diameter. So we need artificial intelligence and computer assistance to judge increase in volume. Because even a very small spot that increases its volume may not necessarily increase its diameter to be seen just to a human uh, observer. And but if it's growing over a year or two years or four years, it's more likely to be a cancer.
0: Oh. this is uh, Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Leslie Coleman. She's the associate director for community outreach at the Upstate Cancer Center, and today we're talking about lung cancer screening. So not every cancer has a screening test to go with it. I mean, we can think about mammograms for breast cancer and colonoscopy for colorectal cancer. And FIT test,
1: don't forget the FIT test, which is replacing the colonoscopy as much, much easier for patients to comply with.
0: Okay, but we don't, there's no screening like for pancreatic cancer or liver cancer, but so, so how is it that we can screen for lung cancer? Let's talk about how that's actually done. The
1: screening is a, CAT scan or CT scan that many, many people have had of various parts of their body for for multiple reasons. So it's a medical image. It's It's an image. Mammography is also an image. Colorectal cancer is not detected by image. It's detected by either direct visualization or what we call biochemical, that is testing for something Uh, in a laboratory type test, but this is an imaging test. And the lungs are a fairly easy place to image. You have to look hard and long, but the cancers look very typical. And even when they're small, an experienced radiologist can predict whether this is liable to be a benign nodule, or an early cancer with not 100% but very good certainty. So I suspect that in many years we won't still be using imaging. There are many uh, aspects of research now going on to detect lung cancer by other means, by blood tests, by what we call exhaled breath analysis where the compounds created by cancer cells make a different profile in the uh, content of the exhaled breath. But those are not anywhere near ready for prime time yet. The CT scan, it's an everyday test. It can be done in most places. Our biggest shortage in this country is radiologists with a lot of expertise to read them. But as the computer-assisted diagnostics and artificial intelligence improve, that will become less of a problem. The uh, biggest problem we have with lung cancer screening is that patients don't come. And it requires an order from a physician. You can do a stool test for colorectal cancer yourself at home. You can, most places, women can self-refer for mammography. You can't really self-refer for a CT scan. You can go to a provider, your primary care doctor, nurse practitioner, and or your lung physician, someone, and say, hey, I want to be screened for lung cancer. But you can't just walk in and have it, unfortunately. There is no cost to appropriate patients by the vast majority of insurance companies. This is mandated by the federal government. So there will not be a copay or deductible uh, charge to the patient in almost all cases. and the, uh, But the primary care doctor will get the resort, result and then advise you to go. I just want to remind people that the people who are eligible for this test are between the ages of 55 and 79, and must have a history of smoking of 30-pack years. That means a pack a day for 30 years or two packs a day for 15 years, half a pack a day for 60 years. Whatever the packs per day multiplied by the number of years has to be equal to 30 or greater. So this is for relatively heavy smokers. Heavy smokers. And people who either are still smoking or have quit smoking within the last 15 years. And a very crucial part of any lung cancer screening program is smoking cessation counseling. And we have a certified tobacco specialist at Upstate who meets with every person who comes to get a screening CAT scan for lung cancer. And she follows up, she makes recommendations, she counsels people, and we believe that this is an ideal time for current smokers to quit.
0: Now, the screening is for smokers, but um, lung cancer is showing up in people who never smoked, right?
1: Yes. Um, Actually, 20% of lung cancers are in never-smokers, and more than half of all lung cancers now are in people who are not currently smoking, either never smokers or they have quit. So the actual development of lung cancer in active smokers is the minority of, of lung cancers right now. The reason we don't screen for those now is because the number of cancers discovered per number of people who would have to be screened doesn't meet our targets for a widespread public health guidance. However, as time goes by, we will be able to refine this, and I suspect that within five to ten years, we may be screening people who have a family history or a certain gene profile. People will be able to get a blood test, which doesn't necessarily diagnose lung cancer, but tells us whether they have an increased chance of developing it, and then they can be put in a screening program too. So we're just at the beginning of this. I just want to emphasize that this is so important and only 2% of people who are eligible have come for their screening. We need to get that up, and here at Upstate, we are the only certified center of excellence for lung cancer screening in all of New York State, beyond the Hudson River. So we are, have had long experience with helping people through this. We have an excellent system for following up and making sure people come back for their next scan.
0: So smokers or people who have quit in the last 15 years between the ages of 55 to 79 can go to their primary doctor and ask for a referral to lung cancer screening.
1: That's exactly
0: right. Let me ask you one more thing about the screening. Um, Some people are afraid of CT scans because of the radiation, right?
1: Yes, that's right. And the... the Scans that are done for screening are what we call low-dose scans. So they have a much lower dose of radiation than a standard CT scan. And people say it's about the amount of radiation you would get from the atmosphere if you flew high altitude across the country once. It's not a lot. We have no documentation that that amount of radiation in this setting has ever caused a cancer. Maybe after 50 years and uh, millions of people, we'll find out, yes, there may have been one or two cancers induced, but the value of it is so much higher. There's also fear about what happens if we find something. Uh, People themselves, smokers and ex-smokers, are afraid of what's going to happen if lung cancer is discovered. The good news is that in a screening study, eight out of 10 are gonna be cured or close to it. And even people with widespread lung cancer are now living much longer because of immunotherapy. The other fear by doctors is that the patients will have invasive tests for spots on their lungs that turn out to be benign. This is a theoretical risk, but in an experienced screening center, the number of invasive biopsies that are done for things that turn out not to be cancer is extremely low, and the value falls all on the side of doing the screening.
0: Well, this is very valuable information. I really appreciate you sharing it. My guest has been Dr. Leslie Coleman from the Upstate Cancer Center. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.